0: India Charts The Truth About the Markets. India Charts publishes Nifty Daily, daily video updates, the weekly Elliott Wave Outlook, and the Long Shot Report covering all asset classes. Hi everyone, this is Rohit Srivastav, founder and strategist with India Charts, giving you my market outlook for the coming weeks or months as you take it, 22nd of August 2020. Now, this has been a podcast that's coming across to you, I think, uh, a little over two weeks. So I missed out in between. A lot of media ad interactions probably took up my time. One of them being uh, the millennial Investor's detailed, uh, should I say, live interaction that got uh, published later on, which many of you would have seen. But you would have also seen my market update uh, with CNBC on uh, Twitter, which I've also shared with everyone yesterday. But that said, uh, these podcasts should be regular, I tried to do at least one a week, so I missed one in between, this ended up being in English August and what that really means is that uh, the market was extremely dull, maybe that's the reason I probably missed out, there was not a lot more new to really report on, even though stocks ended up doing extremely well, so this was a great month for mid and small cap stocks and if you have a fair diversification between your index trading and you have some delivery investments, they probably did very, very well. But at the other hand, where your nifty position is concerned, the nifty ended up being flat after that initial rally into the first week of August. We ended up with uh, almost nothing happening. So one of the things that I spoke about yesterday is like uh, whether you will get the rotation that is needed to get the nifty out of this range. Now I've been saying this is a triangle consolidation phase, which means the up and down moves get narrow and narrow in a tight range, which is what you also see in terms of say indicators like the Bollinger band, which are tightening. Uh, and getting narrower as well and one of the reasons and you're always looking for what will cause those gyrations up and down some kind of news events this has actually been a very very low news event month even though you had the fed in the last uh, part of last month and they didn't really have much more new to add and that's because they've already laid out the path also it's been quite a while since the u.s has been debating its next round of stimulus which could have been a kind of stimulant for markets in general you are seeing the u.s markets do well but they've slowed down their pace of advance which is normal so they are basically going back to their normal pace of advance and that actually brings down the volatility index so you've seen the US weeks and India weeks actually come down below the 20% mark in fact India weeks almost touched the 15% mark on Friday, yesterday, intraday but of course it's still around the 18 19 mark on a closing basis so we are seeing it slowly drift there i think 15 16 is what i thought would be the base or bottom end which is where you can see a bump up or increase in volatility at least short term or at least some spikes which means more knee-jerk reactions but at the in the meantime the event that could have driven the other domestic event that could have driven up and down swings inside this triangle region could have been maybe the supreme court announcement that has been pending now for almost a week on the telecom you know licensing issues the agr discussion and every day it gets postponed to one more day of uh, you know hearing that is going on and probably one of these days there will be news now you don't know which way it will go see when we actually look at news and events in relationship to the market the way i look at it is not that you know it's going to be uh, you know negative or positive it's based on what the market structure is and right now the market structure is a consolidation and you are looking for something to break it out of that now if the pattern was complete i would probably think the news is good enough to break us out of the pattern on the upside if the pattern is incomplete i would probably think the news is will cause the knee jerk reaction from you know the top end of the range to the bottom of the end of the range one day and then again you move up to the top end and so on so what will be the significance of the news to the market as a function also of where the market's own behavior is at that point of time Uh, So, there could be mixed positives and negatives out of, uh, you know, the announcements that come in, some relate to the Reliance Group, uh, some of the speculation which was around. And at the same time, how much time is the government really, I mean, the, you know, court really going to give these companies to repay? Uh, Is it going to be 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? And that could be taken significantly positive, negative or something in between, you know. So, it will have those minor knee-jerk reactions, oh, this was good, not good, too good, a little better, worse. Uh, but we already know that payments have to be made so that part is already discounted and that's already started to have the impact of a turnaround in pricing which is why a lot of the telecom stocks which have become fewer in number are actually starting to do well because pricing power coming back to uh, earnings that they can have from customers in terms of what they can price their services at so the pricing which was a competitive downward path for many many years may be uh, turning around and that's one of the optimisms driving price action in the telecom stocks per se but yeah the one day news event can cause them to go either way if the market feels oh this is uh you know less than what we expected you can get a one day knee jerk reaction and then things actually continue that path because uh, uh irrespective what the announcement will only decide how the companies will finally try to recover that from its customers and pay it back to the government so that's going to be the story i think hopefully early part of the week it's done and so that part of the story is behind us and then we are done with this consolidation zone and so even reliance industries which is a significant contributor to the index recently has ended up doing something similar which is consolidating in a narrower and narrower range with uh, the bollinger bands really tightening out and so somewhere that consolidation comes to an end and then you break out usually when you have a trend it trend consolidation trend consolidation we had something like that in even the month of may in reliance it consolidated then it broke out and uh, it didn't really see a deep correction neither it has this time around Uh, the nifty last time did a 38 percent retracement this time the nifty is not even doing that so probably 23.6 i don't know if it's even done that much maybe of a smaller degree which means uh, the last part of the leg of the move may have retraced that much but not all of it and then from there once again i would expect the same pattern to go on till the pattern really concludes complete so you are able to mark a five wave advance on a weekly or a monthly scale which is a larger time frame and once you're able to do that then probably you look for a more meaningful top or a correction like we got last year in the reliance stock between jan and march so we are not at the end of a 5a we are at the end of a third or the first of third in my understanding and so you continue to expect the same kind of price behavior going forward so it'll be one of the stocks i'll watch for what does it do on monday tuesday uh, will it get a reaction negatively because of the news event or will the news event end up being positive and then? goes the other way and that determines what the market also ends up doing but we should be at the fag end of this consolidation but it means that most of august is lost in terms of time value for options traders in the index and so you didn't really make much money in the index but if you're trading options also what i do is i diversify and that's the discussion uh, more detailed discussion that i'll have in the mentorship program tomorrow is how you uh, position size and diversify between index and stocks because Uh, that really helps uh, if you have a position in both sometimes stocks do well and the index does not and that pays off and so if you're losing on one part of the trade then you actually end up making on the other part of the trade so that's uh, helpful and this month was good for stocks not for index there were some times in the last month maybe in June where the index did very well stocks did well too but uh, some sectors maybe not and so if you ended up having positions uh, trading positions in in sectors that didn't move so much in options then probably the index trades would have paid off and covered up for everything. So that's uh, the good thing to do is to have some spread between index and stocks always helps uh, especially in the options market I'm sure it does so even in futures I mean at a broader scale if I say I have a trading portfolio and an investment portfolio the same happens is sometimes the investment portfolio like this one when mid caps do well actually ends up giving you more gains than uh, the trading side. Uh, but then again that depends if you're lucky some of the trades end up being in the right place uh, uh, and not in the places that uh, don't move so if you had some stocks versus nifty and then you had uh, holdings then you had gains on both sides as well so a lot comes down to position management as well so that's a complete separate discussion but uh, the month was good for investors probably for traders a little zigzaggy Uh, but i think uh, that should even out because you're seeing you know this rotation again you can see it in individual stocks which is what i discussed on cnbc also yesterday that some of them are consolidating the momentum indicators are crossing over to the buy side like you see for example in the psu bank index but at the same time you see others which are rolling over to the downside i think one sector that has spoken of a lot has been the metals index of course the momentum indicators have not turned but the rsi was almost over 85 i think on friday uh, on thursday and then it closed down on friday completing what looks like a five wave advance from not only the uh, june low which is the last rally or just or the july low i should say because uh, july is where the running triangle ended and also the entire structure because if it's a triangle the triangle is a fourth could be a five wave advance so we will see if you have a five wave advance in uh, the metals index it may be due for you know one more pullback a more important one I can't put size on it because when you have large trending moves, you know, sometimes five waves become nine waves. But still, I would mark this as the first of a uh, larger move that is developing over time. And so you need to get a wave to pull back as far as the metals index is concerned. So that's the rotation. Uh, you, uh, You know, whether you rotate into other stocks which have been consolidating that pick up again. And whereas those which have actually been moving up start consolidating or go into a correction again. And so you have to be prepared for that rotation and hopefully that means that if august was a flat month for the index maybe september ends up being more trending in nature now there have always been some uh, indicators sentiment indicators for example the put call ratios that have been unfavorable to say us stocks but that hasn't really stopped that from continuing ahead because what happens is uh, the pcr when I look at the put call ratio, I'm mostly looking at the open interest put call ratio in India. When I look at the volume put call ratio, it's more for a medium term trend and the open interest put call ratio for the short term trend. And the reports uh, that mostly talk about the US PCR is mostly the volume put call ratio, which is more a medium term indicator. It doesn't play out right away, it plays out after some time. And sometimes, in fact, it plays out after a divergence. So, I don't watch that so closely on a day-to-day basis. But generally, it's not something you can look at and say it's going to fall tomorrow. So, you know, that that doesn't work. You can take it as a red flag and then look at what the charts are really telling us about US stocks. And what I thought at the start of the month was you were actually seeing rotation out of the Nasdaq into other areas like the Russell, the transports, the utilities and the bank index itself. The Dow Jones Bank Index has actually not moved so much for this month it's been pretty pretty meager and that's what's ended up happening even with bank nifty itself but uh, the other indices in the u.s did actually pick up and provide support to the u.s market. so i ended up being right about that that you'd get rotation and support in other sectors and that means that you'll probably not get a big sell-off in the u.s markets Uh, what ended up happening was a consolidation and then later part of august you saw the dow and snp pick up again relative to the nasdaq in fact the nasdaq's not yet had any meaningful correction and each time it looks like maybe this time it will happen all it does is it does pull back to the lower end of the range which is like towards the 40-50 day moving average and to the Bollinger Bands but it doesn't break that level and then starts moving up again so unless that happens I think you need to not preempt a bigger sell off. And uh, every time you have extreme data readings, well, some data readings can get more extreme before they turn. So you have to look at price action. Do you see an ending diagonal pattern, for example, which tells you that you are reaching at the end of the curve? And if it's not a 100% ending pattern uh, with the proper symmetry between waves A, B, C, D and E, then you shouldn't really preempt another sell off so i can't see that yet in any of the u.s indices some people have tried to draw an ending pattern on the nasdaq so did i but it's not perfect you know because the first wave a b has a deep correction back to the lower band whereas you know the following wave c d e the d simply goes back to the 20 DMA and then find support so it's not got symmetry to the earlier part drawing lines does make it look like something but uh, you know it has to have the proper shape uh, to be able to be something which is high confidence where you can say you know yeah this is likely going to be the scenario. What can cause the a short term knee jerk reaction in the days ahead could be the dollar again i spoke about that yesterday as well in the interview and the dollar index which has been on a relentless decline has now reached its lower Bollinger band and is completing a potential five wave decline in fact the euro is a better example to tell us because the euro counts more properly as maybe completing Uh, five wave advance from the previous from where it started its rally uh, two months ago and so it will be completing its third wave time for a fourth wave pullback that could put pressure on maybe the commodities metals and who knows emerging markets sometimes react to a rising dollar so that's probably where the short-term volatility risk is coming from and you've seen some volatility in emerging markets especially Asia over the last two days and I would watch out for whether that gets uh, a little steeper and that's where I think the uh, I see the risk coming from And so, whether that will push the Nifty back to retest 11,200 in the very short term is what I am really going to be watching out for. Can it go below that? Well, you cannot rule out that it goes to 11,000. I think you see maximum options writing at 11,000. So, probably in a worst case knee-jerk panic reaction, we would probably not break 11,000 meaningfully. Uh, but 11200 looks like a good support, which you've been taking uh, f- the last two times. You draw a trend line of the last two lows, and that's where you'll come to 11250 or 40. You have the 20 day moving average at 11220, and so that'll be the initial support to watch. Uh, and only if that breaks, maybe it goes to 11. We don't know. Uh, but when I look at the bank nifty, I get a slightly different picture uh, at the end of the week, which is that maybe it's actually showing signs of picking up and maybe that becomes the support point keeping it from falling too much. So maybe there are stocks that fall enough to bring us back to 11,000 but if bank nifty picks up maybe we don't really fall that much. So that's where the rotation really comes into play and sometimes a slightly broader index because bank nifty only has 12 stocks uh, and nifty has a good uh, 30-40% weightage with banking and then you have uh, you know uh, so it's got 50 stocks in there. And rotation can help the index, uh, you know, get strength from some sectors, even though there's weakness in other individual high-weighted stocks. So you'll watch that happening. Don't take, uh, wouldn't be too optimistic of a big sell-off. There could be still some consolidation into the coming week. Small or deep is something we have to watch and judge on a day-to-day basis. And one of the triggers for this rally has actually been lowering interest rates. Now we are seeing bond deals actually pick up a bit this month. The reason for that might be the inflation data. Uh, and you had a m- meaningful you know rally in bond markets which is a decline in bond yield so it's due for some kind of a pullback something i've written a note of i, I don't know if i shared it but it's there on the website uh, you can read it i'll probably share it later maybe after this recording is put out uh, the bond yield chart therefore shows, shows a potential wave to bounce back and that means you yields pick up a bit but inflation might be more of a near-term concern right now just like RBS is saying they expect uh, inflation data to cool off in the second half and now that we've actually had and you know uh, good monsoons because uh, uh, rains are really going on everywhere of course showers are heavier in some regions but on on in general uh, the reading so far is 104 percent above normal which means that you will expect normal or good agricultural output into the year end and what that means is that the food pressure at least food price pressures that were there Uh, that have been showing up in data some of it may be related to the lockdown and uh, the supply uh, constraints that were there Uh, those might go away and so once that goes away and then you get supply and then food prices cool off uh, the inflation uh, pressure that you're really seeing right now in terms of data will sort of disappear into December and I think somewhere there uh, the RBI starts cutting rates or attempting to cut rates again in the second half of the year and that's going to be the uh, next uh, trigger for uh, you know financial markets liquidity moving out of fixed rate instruments that are starting to yield less and less like your fixed deposits and driving money into equities i think that's the macro driver for equity prices that people have uh, missed or are missing uh, because they are still trying to say this market uh, completely is out of sync with reality well i thought the markets were out of sync of with reality more than a year ago when economic data was bad not just in india but around the world slowing down in uk slowing down in europe altogether and china Uh, by december you almost had growth going uh, close to negative in some parts of the world Uh, so almost a near recessionary rating the only thing were financial markets were still holding up because of repo auctions and mostly u.s liquidity that was uh, created after october of last year that only popped or let's say because of the impact of the covid19 pandemic impact news flow on everyone's mind caused the panic that finally got markets to the levels where the economy was prior to the event so this is what people don't think people think now the markets are supposed to fall because the economy is turned bad because of the pandemic a completely wrong reading of the financial situation the way it is going now is the recovery is being driven by one financial flow because of falling interest rates two because of liquidity injections ltros in india and hugely by the fed uh, i think they, they've been the biggest contributors to li- providing that liquidity to all markets and you know they've actually done away with the dollar risk because the rising dollar was the biggest risk to borrowers in emerging markets and that risk has been pushed off the table uh, with the fed's huge intervention and in providing of swap lines to various countries on an individual basis and those swap lines have actually eased pressure for uh, individual countries in terms of their demand for dollars and that's you know done away with emerging market risk meaningfully for the time being then of course there's local action so you have the us government providing uh, some kind of stimulus for themselves you have countries around the world providing different forms of stimulus either in the form of borrowings or directly through interest rate cuts and liquidity each market doing its own thing but providing Uh, the requirement for markets to bounce back from that narrow worst case scenario now unless there's a second round a serious second round of problems because of either the pandemic or something else external that we haven't really seen yet or known yet there's no other news flow that can actually drive a second kind, second round of a crash in the market. A question that I still get asked by various people whenever there's an interview that you know is there going to be another fall, another big sell-off? And uh, my answer always is probably not, unless there's some some outside unexpected scenario that we've really not considered so far. Other than that, the first round or whatever we've seen so far, or whatever is known so far from COVID-19, and its impact on earnings and the economy is already discounted. What you have to start doing then is thinking how things move forward and the bear market in individual stocks was already two to two and a half years old, three, uh, you know, four years old as far as the pharma sector was concerned, two and a half years old in the mid cap index. So just because the nifty was at an all time high in January makes it look like it was only a three month bear market when actually it was a two to three year bear market already in individual stocks that have mostly bounced back from a crash case scenario. And now we are really no more in the midst of an outright crash and therefore the recovery has been driven by value buying also significantly by individual investors who could see that at the depths of march and april you actually had a lot of stocks available at either discount to book or uh, high dividend yields more than probably what your fixed deposits and that became a reason for initial value buying rally that we've seen in the market the next round of course has to be driven slowly by the visibility on growth and that's where at some point of time if not now somewhere later maybe september october you start seeing the markets consolidate in a broader range and that's where you'll see increased volatility so you do you will get a you'll get you know a period of uh, wider swings uh, not an outright crash but what we'll call a fourth wave consolidation you know many ups and downs a larger trading range uh, where the market tries to decide whether you know, normalcy is returning and that you can start getting visibility 6 to 12 months down the line. So that's what we'll get into maybe in the second half of the year. But right now, I think the market's continuing to jump up on the back of, uh, you know, existing news flow and the liquidity that has been flowing in. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.